0: It's great. I know the, uh, the campus is full of energy this morning, because they're out of classes. Amen. <laughs> you know, one thing I've noticed about summer, though, is uh, that it's usually a time to get a lot of stuff done around the house. Uh, different chores or little tasks. I was taking a shower this morning, and the knob on my shower came off. Uh, So that is on the to-do list now. But uh, I want to start off this morning sharing with you a quote. Benjamin Franklin once said that your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. You know, when thinking of the word habit, I believe most often a negative connotation can come to mind. And maybe that's because bad habits are much more easy to create than good ones. Yeah. However, I hope the past couple weeks uh, from our lessons, you've seen that creating good habits and even creating Jesus' habits is not impossible. Amen? Yeah. The title of our lesson this morning is the Jesus habit of fasting. And if anybody knows firsthand the power behind fasting, it's obviously Jesus. He made a habit of fasting in his life in order to really seek God with more intensity and passion. When Jesus fasted, supernatural things happened. And I really believe God wants to use fasting to do the supernatural in our lives as well. You know, I'm glad Pierre talked to us a couple weeks ago uh, about the Jesus habit of prayer. Because fasting and prayer have got to go hand in hand. Fasting without prayer might as well be starvation. If a brother tells you he's fasting, but he isn't praying, he must just be on a diet. The whole point of fasting is to be able to rely on God in prayer. Fasting helps us to express, deepen, and confirm the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. You know, as I look through the Bible at the examples of fasting, it was amazing. Moses David, Daniel, and Paul, the entire nation of Judah, the people of Nineveh, and the church in Antioch. Even Esther fasted, so women are included as well, amen? Some fasted for three days, others for three weeks, as individuals or in a group. They fasted because of mourning. And because of pride, they fasted for repentance and for dependence on God. And I believe what I share this morning will only scratch the surface of what the Bible has to say about fasting. But we'll focus this morning on Jesus, who no doubt gives us the greatest example to follow. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, I'll start reading in verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting, 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said, Away from me, Satan! For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. The first point this morning is that fasting equips us to overcome Satan. You know, it is amazing to see the resolve of Jesus in these verses. It is amazing to see his tenacity in going against the devil. He's led into the wilderness to be tempted. And instead of calling on a brother to help him, or memorizing scripture, or singing psalms, Jesus decides to pray. I'm sorry, Jesus decides to fast. I apologize. Jesus decides to fast. You know, it is, uh, it's amazing to me. Doesn't Jesus know that fasting makes you weaker? How can you expect to fight Satan when you're weak? It seems like such the wrong choice. Why would you fast when you're being tempted? But that's exactly what Jesus did. I want you to imagine you're a soldier going into battle. In the morning, you begin to prepare. You see your armor, but you decide it's a little too heavy, so you go without it. You grab your pack and pull out your MREs, your canteen, and your first aid kit, leaving them behind. You look over your weapons an assault rifle, a pistol your knife, and maybe some grenades, you decide to go into battle without any of them. Maybe instead you decide to be like David and grab a sling and five small stones. You have got to be out of your mind going into battle like that. However, when Jesus went up against Satan's most violent attacks, that is exactly what he did. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25, it says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential, not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. You know, Jesus chose to use that something that seemed weak and insignificant to fight against Satan. I imagine that must have drove Satan crazy. You know, Jesus chose to use fasting as an example of how to overcome temptation. And I believe we can use fasting to overcome Satan in our lives as well. You know, brothers and sisters, no matter who you are, there is a spiritual battle going on in your life. You know, the question is, how are you preparing for it? Satan continues to use the controversy in the world around us to tempt us with sin. Whether it's tempting us to be involved in the racial disputes that are poisoning our country. Or tempting us to conform to the sexual promiscuity and ambiguity in our society. One thing is for sure. Satan is going to continue to bombard us with attacks every chance he gets. Are you relying on human wisdom or are you relying on God? You know, we can be so tempted to rely on our own strength to overcome some temptation. We uh, we can rely on our own human wisdom to fight Satan instead of looking for wisdom from God. Now, you can definitely get input from other disciples on how to overcome jealousy. You can read a book on how to battle impurity. You can even find an accountability group to battle your pride. But if you really want to be successful, how about you imitate Jesus? Again, we're talking about habits. Maybe you've got a habitual sin in your life that you can fast for this week. Brothers and sisters, one thing is for sure. Fasting equips us to overcome Satan. Let's read in Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, in verse 16, Jesus gives us uh, a little more insight into fasting. He gives us some direction on how to fast. In verse 16 it says, When you fast... Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. The second point this morning is that fasting is essential. You've got to notice, Jesus starts out by saying, when you fast. Not if you fast, but when. When? You know, Jesus obviously assumed that fasting would be a part of a disciple's life. You know, a habit is called a habit because it's something you do often. So I call you to ask yourself, is fasting a habit in your life? You know, when considering uh, the habit of prayer or the habit of seclusion we've talked about, I'd like to think I do pretty well, but I've got to be completely honest and humble here, guys. Fasting is not a habit in my life, and I think the biggest reason is because I don't really see fasting as essential to my walk with God. What about you? Do you view fasting as essential to your walk with God? If Jesus thought it was necessary to fast in order to help him get through temptation in the desert, how could we think fasting isn't essential for us as well? You know, maybe you don't see fasting as essential because of the many excuses that can get in the way. Let's talk about a few enemies to the habit of fasting. The first one is inconvenience. Maybe you have a set routine or a set schedule and fasting would just completely get in the way. Honestly, I think this one is ridiculous. If you're not eating for a day, it should actually free up time in your schedule instead of being an inconvenience, right? Perhaps another reason that keeps us from fasting is simply the unwillingness to put it into practice. Maybe we've done a fast together before as a church and you decided not to participate. Maybe you just didn't see the importance or didn't think your support mattered. An unwillingness to fast can certainly keep us from making it a habit. But maybe the greatest enemy of fasting is comfort. Even if you don't have an issue with overeating, food can still be used as a form of comfort. Fasting by nature is painful. And so craving comfortability... Will totally destroy the habit of fasting in your life. It doesn't matter who you are, there is one thing everyone hates to be told. This one word is responsible for bumps with your wife and fights with your friends. It's known for frustrating your roommate and upsetting the kids. This one word has changed many plans and shattered countless dreams. However, it's also responsible for building humility and developing discipline. It's known to impart wisdom and teach patience. The one word we hate to listen to is so often the one we need to hear. This one word, if we embrace it, can keep us from relying on ourselves and push us toward relying on God. That word is simply no. We will escape our comfort zone when we develop the ability to tell ourselves no. Honestly, fasting could be described as the habit of telling yourself no. Maybe after a long day, you like to come home and drink a couple beers. You might need to say no to alcohol. Maybe after a long day, you like to come home, sit on the couch, and watch Netflix. Maybe you need to say no to TV. Perhaps you need to take a month and fast from Starbucks. <laughs> oh wow. Did I hit a did I hit a good one there? Ask yourself, what area of your life do you need to hear the word no? Is it with food or television? social media, or shopping, no matter who you are, you've got to learn to tell yourself no. The habit of fasting, I believe, is essential, brothers and sisters, because it teaches us the power of no. The third point this morning is that fasting is about focusing on God. Fasting is about focusing on God. In Matthew chapter 6, we'll continue to read. In verse 17, it says, But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father. Who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, have you ever noticed how difficult it is to fast in secret? Uh, It seems almost impossible to fast without other people knowing, right? Uh, You know, maybe you're trying to get lunch with someone at work. And uh, they never seem available until the day you're fasting, right? <laughs> then everyone's available. And I'm not sure about you, I never know what to tell them, right? Oh, I can't, uh, I'm, I'm just not hungry today, right? Or, oh, I'm just, my stomach's upfe- upset, I'm not feeling well, I uh, can't eat with you. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you just mumble under your breath, oh, Thanks for the offer, but I'm fasting. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe you make them feel bad about it. Well, I was fasting, but I guess that's ruined now, right? <laughs> you know, I, I came up with a solution. <laughs> Let me share it with you. If someone asks you to eat with them, maybe you can give them this answer. Thanks for the offer, but I'm going to pray. If someone asks you why you aren't eating lunch, you can say, instead, I'm going to spend some time with God. You know, I remember as a young disciple, uh, I was probably a sophomore, junior in high school. It's the uh, first time I can actually remember fasting. And uh, I was doing a bread and water fast uh, for an entire week. And my mom would usually make me lunch for school, so I had to tell mom, all right, mom, I'm fasting, so uh, don't make me lunch this week. But uh, I remember she would ask me, uh, she asked me, okay, can you only have, like, sandwich bread? Or can you have biscuits as well? Uh, does, <laughs> does bagels count? Can you put butter on the bagel? I, uh, I guess I should have been more specific Uh, In my fast, I think at the end of the week, uh, the last day, we had a uh, a pizza hut at school. So I had breadsticks uh, as a part of my fast. I don't know if that really counts or not. But uh, looking back, I had to ask myself, what did I fast for? And I remember thinking, what if someone asked me if I've ever fasted? And I had to say no. I felt so insecure that if I hadn't fasted, my walk with God wasn't really valid. And I feel like the only reason I fasted was because I didn't want to look be, be looked down on by anyone. Or I didn't want to appear to be a weak disciple. And you know the funny thing is, is that fasting is supposed to make you weak. So you can learn to rely on God. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, it says, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, again, I look back at that and I really have to ask myself, you know, what is my motivation behind fasting? Maybe you should ask yourself, okay, what has been my motivation behind fasting? I know there have been times when I fasted because I felt bad about my sin, but not necessarily because my sin hurt God. I have fasted. Because I wanted God's blessing, but I didn't necessarily want His advice. You know, I've also fasted because I wanted God to use me for His glory, but I didn't really want to glorify God. It is amazing how we can pretend to do something for God and really only be focused on ourselves. Brothers and sisters, we've got to remember that fasting is about focusing on God. Nothing can replace that. When we fast, we're supposed to be weak. So we learn to rely on God. I want to leave you this morning with just a few practicals about how to make fasting a habit. Number one, you've got to let God lead you as to when you fast. You know, follow what God places on your heart. It doesn't mean you can't have a regular time of fasting each week, but you've got to be sensitive to those times when God specifically calls you to fast. Number two, fast for something specific. Take time and write down what you're going to fast for. You know, this is going to be your target in prayer during your fast. You've got to have something specific in mind so you know when God has answered. Number three, fasting and prayer always go together. You know, this one is a given. Fasting helps our prayers to be more intense in our time with God. Number four, fast to express your availability to God. You're able to let God know that you're available to be used when you fast. Fasting sets you apart as one who's really waiting for God's orders and direction in your life. Number five, fast to put your body under the Lord's control. I love this one. Undisciplined bodies have the tendency to take us wherever they want us to go. But fasting places the physical part of us in a place of submission toward God. Number six. Reserve enough time to spend alone with God during your fast. Setting time aside in order to seek God is vital. The time you would normally use to eat should instead be used to pray, to get that time with God. Don't allow that time to be filled with other activities, it can happen easily. Number seven, don't get discouraged if you do not see an immediate answer. Seeing God move in answer to prayer and fasting takes time. And we've got to trust God's timing and really leave the results to him. Finally, number eight, be joyful because you have done something tangible by uh, You have done something tangible for God by denying yourself. Um, You know, we've got to rejoice in our fasting. We've got to take pride that we are creating a habit of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I want to leave you with a challenge. To put the Jesus habit of fasting into practice this week. I like this quote. It says, When there is a hill to climb, don't think that waiting will make it any smaller. You know, maybe you feel like it's a tough task. Maybe you feel like, man, this seems like a lot to take on to make fasting a habit. I encourage you, don't procrastinate. If you feel like it's a hill, uh, it won't get any smaller. Uh, Instead, it may grow into a mountain. I want to encourage you to start somewhere. If you've never fasted before, start by doing a bread and water fast. Or maybe a vegetable and water fast. If you fasted for a day, maybe try fasting three days. How much would you have to rely on God if you fasted from coffee for a month? How would it help you to say no to social media for a week? Brothers and sisters, let's start somewhere. Let's walk away today excited about the opportunity to rely on God in fasting. Amen? Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we come to you so grateful this morning for the example of your son. Father, grateful to see the habits that he made in his life that we can imitate in our own. Father, let us walk away today uh, excited about the opportunity to fast, to grow closer in our walk with you by denying ourselves and telling ourselves no. Father, we, we ask that you help us to focus on you during our fast, not to be focused on ourselves, but to really grow in our walk with you more and more. Father, we love you. It's in your great son's name we pray. Amen. about Children, everywhere you go, you gotta take the Lord with you, children, everywhere you go.